Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm half your host, Jared. We have Brian with us today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, man. We had some horror trailers drop today. We did. We actually had two and a half because they put a teaser out for the Winnie the Pooh one, but it was like the same thing. I thought it was a new one, but... You had reached out to me earlier, and they released, uh, I think Evil Dead was yesterday, right? I saw it today, so it could have been yesterday, but I watched it today. So what'd you think? Um, I'm interested. I'm a lot more interested than I was. Yeah, see, now, I don't know if it's going to be a follow-up to the remake from like 2012, 13, or if it's just in the universe. I don't know. Um, And if it's in the universe, how does this damn book keep traveling all around? It's in the Comic-Con. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks really good. I like the fact that it's straight up horror, like the reboot. Yes. You know, I'm not a fan. Of, I mean, I've watched The Evil Dead. It's that dark comedy Sam Raimi that we all love. I mean, I didn't. I like Army of Darkness better than Evil Dead 1 and 2. Uh, you know, he did Drag Me to Hell, which had that Evil Dead humor to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this looks really good. Yeah, I'm excited about it now. Um, it looks like we might finally get some jump scares. I haven't jumped yeah. in a while, so I'm hoping so. Yeah, you were just talking about it the other night. I was. Yeah. And then we had... Um, Renfield. Renfield drop. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I left. I think it's going to be funny. Like I was, like we were talking earlier, the group annoyed the hell out of me. So I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that's just a segment of that film and that there is right. other like... And this yeah. could be Nicolas Cage redemption, like back to making triple A movies and not like B C movies to pay off the IRS. Uh, maybe. I mean he sounded good as Dracula, so he, he did. Uh, I like the the teeth not so much, you know. Um, but I, I he sounded good, he looked good. Um I like how <laughs> Renfield eats a fly and he gets like yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And then, um, like I said, they dropped like another teaser for Winnie the Pooh. And I think the only difference between this one and the one prior was you see Winnie the Pooh kill someone. Right. So, yeah. Um, now you watched X the other night. I did watch X the other night. What did you what did you think? I'm at about three blood splats with it. Um out of five? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was good. You know, I liked how it felt like it was shot like in i think it's it took place like in 79 or 80 yes uh so i like that the whole feel of it now were you aware that mia goth played both sides maggie and the old lady i was now when you go into pearl don't have the same expectations as x it's completely different as i felt it was more of a psychological thriller than a horror movie that's what this felt like a little more to me like a thriller because i mean Mm -hmm. guns were used and the only thing i didn't like about x was it was very uh predictive i knew what was coming yeah that's the only thing i didn't really like uh what's her name uh jenna um ortega yeah ortega how she went out yeah I was like, holy damn. I was actually surprised. I figured she would make it, but uh Yeah. But I think I, now, post Wednesday, she would be the final girl. Oh yeah. But Mia yeah. Goff, I mean, she was really good in it, playing the and dumb hillbilly and she was excellent playing Pearl. Okay. Like good. 
she was really good. And what I liked really about it, again, the cinematography, now it takes place like in the 20s, but it looks like the movie itself was made in the 50s as far as the opening credits. Um, they do like all the, you know how like in the olden movies, the golden age movies where they did all the opening credits at the beginning? Yeah. It was kind of like that. Uh, the 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 coloring the color grading was fantastic and she gave a hell of a monologue at the end of the movie now i don't want to talk about it until you watch it yep. so the only thing is you know so for maggie it takes place like in the middle mid 80s okay so i kind of wish they like the third film was after pearl but before x that's how i wish they went with it okay yeah because i don't you know obviously the pearl character won't be around for the third one it's going to be about maggie making it big quote unquote so is it is it big in hollywood or big in the porn world you know so it was uh britney snow with a hell of a performance out of Uh her uh Um, I didn't even know it was her. I because no, I'll yeah. I'll always read like Wikipedia after I'm done watching to mm-hmm. see if I miss so. anything. And uh said Britney Snow. I'm like, that's not Britney Snow. Holy shit, it's Britney Snow. Yeah, she came a long way from I was first introduced to her in this TV show early two that early to like like no later than like 2003 or four it was set around american bandstand like in the 50s oh yeah yeah Yeah. that's when i was first introduced to her and then i think she was in like um she was in a couple horror remakes i think i think but and then those teen movies like yeah she did um the acapella movie i can't think of the uh pitch perfect she was in that oh yeah 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 and then you see her as this character and you're like holy crap <laughs> i was not complaining <laughs> no, at all. Was I. No. <laughs> but i think jenna or or no was it jenna ortega as the uh farmer's daughter that was it her she was playing the farmer's daughter. remember she wanted to do a scene oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and you know she's 23 but she looks like she's 16 and i feel bad watching her (laughs) (laughs) is she i thought she was only 20 well maybe she's 20 but i know she's over 18 yes she doesn't look at that and it was all filmed over 18 so it's okay yeah (laughs) but yeah they filmed x and pearl back to back so yeah and a24 is i think they're going to be a a company to watch out for you know they've done some shitty movies like hereditary and mother or no hereditary and midsummer and i think um ty west did those I, i'm not 100 percent sure but and i wasn't a fan of either but they are one of the companies that is doing the friday 13th series for peacock so i like what they put out like there was another good movie they uh did uh Maybe like 2010, The Devil Within, I think it's called. Okay. Or, 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 I'll, to, I'll send it to you. Really good. It was it was set like in the late 70s or early 80s, and it felt like that too. Oh. You know, and it was a good, a good, um, it wasn't what I expected as far as I thought it was going to be about a devil, but it's more about a cult. Okay. And, and yeah, so I'll send you that. It's, it's a good one. How, how did you end up finishing that conjuring? 
adventure movie? Like the ghost hunters were at the conjuring house. No, I, uh, I fell asleep. Okay. So, but yeah, um, so far so good. It has me hooked. And, um, would you buy a house like that? Oh, no doubt. Because we all know like the Amityville horror is probably just really, I don't there's not enough going on to say it's a haunted house, but definitely with the conjuring house, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So you would buy it a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like now would you buy it to like like to do what they did and like do invite people in, or would you buy it just to say, I bought the conjuring house? Oh, that's gonna be exactly what they're doing. It'll be yeah. a financial gain, but I'm yeah. never giving it up. And would you like sleep and you would actually sleep there? Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah. How would Terry feel? She's already slept in a haunted house, so it ain't that much oh, different. Okay, true. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, Megan comes out next or actually this weekend, so I'll probably go see it I, next weekend. I hear the early reviews are this movie's okay. Well, well like you know. Yeah. But I don't I can't exactly. I don't critics. Yeah, like um Rotten Tomatoes put out now this is a different genre, but like the top twenty westerns of all time, right? You know, wasn't that wasn't on there at all? Uh, Tombstone. Oh wow! You know they had they had a good range, like they had a lot of classics, but they didn't have Tombstone. They didn't have True Grit, like the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Unforgiven was on there. I forget it wasn't number one though. But see, that's why I don't go with critics because yeah, me neither. Yeah. All right. But we are here to talk about your favorite franchise. Oh, yeah. We're going to play the trailer now. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet. But something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. He's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. From Wes Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm. Oh, yeah. A Nightmare on Elm Street. So what was your... Do you remember your introduction to Nightmare on Elm Street? Like, your earliest memory? 100%. I was in between three and five years old. I know I was 
at five at the latest. My uncle videotaped one and two and then Friday four on one VHS tape for me. And I played that. It had all the commercials, all the old McDonald's commercials, and I played that tape until it broke. Okay. For years, I sat there and watched that tape. See, I don't remember when I first watched the original, but I remember when I watched part two, and I saw a commercial for it on HBO, and I was probably about seven, maybe eight, and I think my parents went away. Like, I forget if they were, like, went on vacation or something. So my grandmom had come over to babysit that one night. I think my sister, I don't know what she was doing. But I had said, my mom said I could watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Yeah, total (laughs) total lie. So we got up to the part where, like, everything, like, in Jesse's room was melting. Yep. And she's like, ah, you're not watching this and turned it off, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But that's my earliest memory. So, but I don't remember when I first watched the original. Yeah, this this jolted me into horror hardcore. Once once I stopped being scared of this movie is when I started jumping into the others. So what is it about Freddy that's your your that's your favorite horror character and franchise? Uh you got really loud there for a minute. That was weird. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I think it's just probably my first, and he really just stayed my favorite through all the years of watching all these crazy horror movies. Okay. Definitely probably Robert England. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of, obviously, like, he'll forever be tied to Freddy, like Christopher Reeve is Superman, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, uh going back at it is like there's really no one in his day and age that could pull it off yeah and really if you think about it he didn't hit like darth vader status until the third movie yeah yeah so i was hooked before even all that started yeah so when three came out they wouldn't take me to the theater the first one i saw in the theater was five me too no which one was that? Dream that, Child. Um, okay, I saw Freddy's Dead was the first one I saw in theaters. Okay, but yeah, the first one they would take me to see was five. But I did see four as soon as it came out on a rental. Okay. And, you know, when I first saw four, I was like, who's this bitch playing Alice? <laughs> <laughs> or was it Alice? No. Um, was that what was? Well, who did it she was, play? Um, um, Christine, that was her name. Wow, you're really. Pa- Tina. Patricia. Tina, no, Tina. Patricia Arquette. Kristen. Yeah. Kristen, yeah, I'm, I'm like, who is this, you know? And I didn't understand like recasting at that age, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just like Tuesday night, like, I mean, she's an actress; she's gone on to do other things. But uh, interesting fact about Tuesday night, she mm-hmm. sang the intro to Four. I did hear that not too long ago. Yeah, it's all my uh, haunt playlist. She does a good job. Nice. Um, I just didn't think she had the the chemistry with like the other cast now members. if when we cover that i'll go more into that the issue was she was scared to death on set gotcha okay and the whole bikini scene was this whole ordeal she i'm not gonna say she caused drama but she kind of affected the movie okay i loved how freddie came back in part four though oh yeah <laughs> come on now a dog named jason takes a yeah. piss <laughs> There's been worse ways characters have come back. <laughs> but it was it was a cool it was a cool like just you know and I um 
I had a chance to talk with Mick Strong because he worked on part three and four. And, uh, you know, he, we, we talked about that whole, he didn't, I don't, I forget what he said. Like, I know he was a lot hands on in three, but maybe not so much four, but I do know like he had a lot to do with that whole graveyard scene. Okay. Um, but that was a really cool revival, how like, he like rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. So, um, because, you think about it like in part five you don't even know really i mean well he he comes back but it's like through the he's having the the the, the nightmares through the baby yeah, or whatever it's yeah. a boy. <laughs> i remember seeing the, the the trailer for uh part five and it was pretty cool i liked with the with like the um what do you call it the stroller yeah and really cool. between three and four the popularity he hit, you could have had him throwing poop at people. People would have flooded the theaters to say it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. the five has its own story too. It's really weird how that one was made. And you're you're friends with um, uh, Beatrice, Amanda right? Kruger. Yeah, she's yeah. on our Facebook. Very nice yeah. lady. That'd be cool to get her on the show. I know. I got a sick Terry on her. Yeah, there you go, Terry. Get to work. You got your homework. Who I really want to get on here. Mm-hmm. There's only one person that's worked on every nightmare film. Her name's Rachel Talladay. She actually Oh yes, yes. She actually she directed part six, right? Yep, she directed Nightmare. Okay. Uh Freddy's Dead, the final. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. love to talk to that woman. Yeah, because she also directed um I think she directed uh what's it called? Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah, okay, cool. I, yeah, I believe she did. Is either Have the first one or her. the second one? Yeah, yeah. But um, all right. But we're you are gonna digest into the original. Yeah, we're gonna hit nightmare. Yeah, baby. <laughs> A nightmare in Elm Street, nineteen eighty four, an American supernatural slasher film written and directed by Wes Craven and produced by Robert Shea, also known as Bob Shea. Basically, we'll break into the plot. This is what I have from Wikipedia. They do a good job. Mm -hmm. Teenager Tina Gray awakens from a terrifying nightmare wherein a disfigured man wearing a blade flicks glove attacks her in a boiler room. Her mother points out four mysterious slashes on her nightgown. The following morning, Tina's best friend Nancy Thompson and Nancy's boyfriend Glenn Lance console her, revealing that they each had nightmares of the previous night let's uh take a pause okay so the intro where he's like making oh such a cool intro yeah and can we take it back to the trailer for a minute can we bring back the old horror trailer we can find a dude that sounds like that we really can yeah yeah i mean we got a guy playing in for journey it sounds just like the lead (laughs) singer we can find a dude to do this Um, now I heard, I saw this in a post, and I don't know how true it is, and you might know, but apparently Johnny Depp's name is not in the opening credits at all. Have you ever noticed that? No, it is. It says introducing it Johnny Depp. That's what I thought, and someone said, no, it's not in there. I'm like, no, nah, I think it's in there. Okay, so that was debunked. Okay. And it says introducing. That's how I remember Johnny Depp's in there. Okay. Um, and then when Tina woke up, I think then her mom says, like, you got to do something with those nails or something, right? You got to <laughs> cut your nails or stop that kind of dreaming. One or the yeah. other. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the intro when he's pounding on the brass yeah. and you hear the sound effects and him breathing. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then he goes, ah. 
<laughs> and then you see the glove. So awesome. Yeah, yeah. I need to get my glove fixed. I need to get it welded. <sighs> All right. The two stay at Tina's house when Tina's mother goes out of town, where she discovers that Nancy also had a nightmare about the disfigured man. Tina's boyfriend, Rod Lane, <laughs> interrupts the sleepover. Ski. <laughs> when Tina falls asleep, she dreams of the disfigured man chasing her. Rod is awakened by Tina's thrashing and sees her dragged and fatally slashed by an unseen force, forcing him to flee as Nancy and Glenn, Glenn, Glenn awaken to find Tina bloodied and dead. And let's talk about that scene. That, that, whole, that room was a revolving room, correct? Correct. They used yeah. that room twice for this movie. And um, Rod, I believe, actually did get hit in the face with a lamp because it wasn't secured (laughs) on the thing. Right, yeah. And then, yeah, it was such a cool scene. You just watch her go up the ceiling. Yeah. The cuts come down, and then she just hits the bed. Just flunk. I was like, and a shout out to Rod's tidy whiteies too. Yes, the tidy, (laughs) the eighties tidy whiteies. I'm shocked they didn't have the day of the week on it. (laughs) Which was a funny feature I noticed in X. Uh oh! When the guy comes out, yeah. No, it was uh, Jetta Ortega's underwear had Tuesday written on them. Oh, really? They just to add funny. the young girl to it. Yeah. Okay. I remember those stupid fucking things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next day, Nancy's policeman father, Don Thompson, arrests Rod despite his pleas of innocence. At school, Nancy falls asleep in class and dreams that the man chases her to the boiler room where she is cornered. She then deliberately burns her arm on a pipe. The burn startles her awake in class, and she notices a burn mark on her arm. Now, Lynn Shea was the teacher. Right, and that's Bob's sister, correct, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, that, that that always freaked me out, like, when the, the student is reading, like, in that... Oh, yeah, like pitch. the weird devil pitch. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then before she falls asleep, well... She sees Tina's body like in the lift and up. That always oh, creeped me oh, out. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. And then I don't know what he, creeped me out more that or when that like millipede came out of her mouth. That's what I was going to just bring up. And then she's running in the hallway and knocks into like the Freddy. Yeah. And she's like, Where's your hall pass? Screw your Screw pass. Screw your pass. <laughs> I didn't even watch it for this review. I didn't really have to. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> well, I was like, How I am with Friday the 13th. Yeah. All right, so Nancy visits Rod at the police station, who describes Tina's death along with his own recent nightmares about the same man stalking her in her dreams, making Nancy believe that the man killed Tina. So Nancy knows what's up. Mm -hmm. At home, Nancy falls asleep in the bathtub and is nearly drowned by the man. Awesome scene. Historic scene. We'll go down in cinema history. The guy was actually sitting in the tub with her. Okay. And he would use his hand to come up here. The way it was like he had a lower advantage than Nancy. Right, right. Nancy then depends on caffeine to stay awake and invites Glenn to watch over her as she sleeps. In her dream, Nancy sees the man prepare to kill Rod in his cell, but then he turns his attention towards her. Mm -hmm. Nancy runs away and wakes up when her alarm clock goes off. And him going through the bars was creepy. Yeah, just right through. Like, yeah. It was yeah. like T2 stuff way early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the man kills 
Yeah. The man kills Rob by wrapping bedsheets around his neck, staging it as a suicide via hanging. At Rod's funeral, Nancy's parents become worried when she describes her dreams. Her mother, Marge, takes her to a sleep disorder clinic, where in a dream, Nancy grabs the man's fedora with the name Fred Krueger written in it and pulls it into the real world. The doctor in that dream sequence was the voice of Roger Rabbit. Really? Yes. Oh, interesting. Look at that. Look. And this is where she gets her infamous streak of gray hair. Hey, that's as sexy as hell what I'm seeing. And let's not forget, her mom's a raging alcoholic. Too. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Biggest fucking 80s so lush probably, I've ever seen. Now, is that is that the reason the parents got divorced because she was an alcoholic or was it more i mean because they never the, really went into that or why it's probably a mix of hey we murdered this motherfucker and yeah. b you're a raging fucking alcoholic yeah but then later Kristen's mom's divorced and an alcoholic too in three right so underlay, underlay. maybe it was just a california thing yeah yeah after barricading the house, Marge explains that Kruger was an insane child murderer who killed 20 children but was released on a technicality and then burned alive by the victim's parents living on their street seeking vigilante justice. Nancy realizes that Kruger, now a vengeful ghost, is killing her and her friends out of revenge and to fill his psychopathic needs. That's a creepy scene, too, is... Nancy's all freaked out. They're sitting in the basement, and she pulls mm-hmm. out the glove. Yeah. That was a creepy yeah. scene. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like the mom actor. I thought she did good, especially in that scene. Now, you know, I always wondered, uh, uh, Nancy had the glove. Why didn't she use it as a weapon against Freddy? Right. Uh, I wouldn't, because you're too damn close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so then Nancy tries to call Glenn to warn him. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. He was too busy watching Miss Nude America or whatever. (laughs) Well, how are you going to hear what she has to say? Who cares what she has to say? (laughs) The cutoff football jersey. (laughs) Um, And then at this point, I believe the bars go up on the windows Right? Yeah. And then when Nancy tries to go over to the house, the mom's like, lock, lock, <laughs> lock. You know, she's all like three sheets to the wind. Nancy tries to call Glenn to warn him, but his father prevents her from speaking to him. Glenn falls asleep and is killed by Kruger and probably one of the biggest Hollywood death scenes ever. Yeah, that was a great scene. That held the record for the most blood used until... Oh, I used to remember the movie, but I don't know. Uh, I think it was Dead Alive, because that was like a couple okay. years after the lawnmower scene. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. terrible movie. Yeah. Peter Jackson, like one of his early films. I mean, yeah. look at him. He went on to make Mr. Lord of the Rings. Sometimes you got to make some shitters to move up. Mm-hmm. It was like yep. Scream 3, when the guy's like, I just want to make a love story, but they're making me do all this shitty horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then poor nancy can't she's like a prisoner in her own house she can't even get out she's breaking windows yeah now alone nancy puts marge to sleep and asks don who is across the street investigating glenn's death to break into her house in 20 minutes 
Nancy rigs booby traps around the house and grabs Kruger out of a dream and into the real world. The booby traps affect Kruger enough that Nancy can light him on fire and lock him in the basement. One of the worst effects in this movie, because you you can see all the fireproofing. But oh well, yeah, it was yeah. like Super Freddy on fire. Yeah. But you know, speaking of that, let's go back earlier to when um, she first goes under and she's running up the steps, and it's like oh, oh it was um, it was it was pancake mix. Okay, that I mean. Like when you watch it on VHS, you can you you hardly you can't really make it out. No. But when it came out on DVD, you can see where the yeah. holes are before she stops yeah. at them. I know, yeah. but it was still really a cool effect, especially oh, when sure. yeah. he's at the door with the mask on. That's what I started. That's when I started cracking up about Freddy. Oh man! You know you can buy the replica phone with the tongue sticking out uh, a couple of people on etsy make those yeah. yeah yeah some look pretty bad though i gotta be honest yeah i want the real one god damn it <laughs> oh man all right so nancy lights him on fire and light, locks him in the basement nancy rushes to the door for help you know what time out again i'm sorry oh no problem you're reviewing freddie and you got a jason shirt on I gotta shoot someone. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm okay over here, and that sucks because I just got my. I should have worn my Freddy's Dead shirt that I just got it. Yeah, you should. I forgot uh, about that. It's all right. I think, you're a, I think you're a closet Jason fan. Oh, I love Jason, <laughs> but not more than Freddy. Um, that's funny you called that. <laughs> yeah, I just realized it. <laughs> Don't worry, I got nightmare all over this screen. We're good to go. <laughs> And our letters are moving without stalling our goddamn video. Nice. Fuck nice. you, OBS. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The police arrived to find that Kruger has escaped from the basement. That was a cool scene with it the was, fire the, the, coming yes. out of the carpet and really yeah. like some are higher than the others. Mm -hmm. I, I always mm -hmm. remember that. Nancy and Don go upstairs to find a burning Kruger smothering Marge in the bedroom. After Don extinguishes the fire, Kruger and Marge vanish into the bed. When that was the skeleton. That was creepy as shit, though. And it you, was. you remember those old trading cards they had? Like Poltergeist, The yes, Fly? Yes, I yes. had every one that they had oh, for a nightmare. Wow. I need to find okay. them, man. Yeah. I mean, I know I don't still have them, but I'm sure I could find them on eBay. Yeah. Because you had Freddy in the tux, you had the mom ashes. Yeah, I had all of them. And this is why this is the part of the movie where it still to this day confuses me. Confuses so, me. So let's do yeah, it. He's he's in the real world. He's set on fire. He's able to kill the mom, but then like the dad puts the blanket over him, and you know she goes into wherever. What I always told myself was mm -hmm. she was asleep. And he used her to go back into the dream world. Okay. Okay. So that then makes sense. when he, okay. so he, you know, he's on top of her coming mm -hmm. at her with the glove that he throws the blanket over. I think they both go back into the dream world. Okay. That's that makes how, sense that's how Nancy isn't able to, and I could be completely fucking wrong. I do but, like that theory. I do like that theory. Because, and what I love was like when he comes back out through the bed, I think, and he rips through the sheets. That's a, that was, that was the original, right? When yep. The yep. Sheets. Great, great scene. I love it. And then, like, she turns her back on him. Uh huh. 
and you know she's like i take everything like you're all your strength away blah 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 and that's why i think the dad's not there i think she went back to sleep to turn okay. her back on him gotcha because as okay. soon as she opens the door it's a whole new fucking world right so and that was always my thinking and <laughs> so right and then she's like oh it's they're like oh it's a nice day it's gonna rain though, you know. Yeah. Like the mom's sober and everything, and then you know, everyone... maybe I think I'm gonna stop drinking. I just don't feel like it anymore. You know, you're dreaming, of mom saying that. For real. Nancy steps outside into a bright, foggy morning where all her friends and her mother are still alive. Nancy gets into Glenn's convertible to go to school when the green and red striped top suddenly covers them and locks them in the car. I think. Someone should redo that car and have it at horror conventions. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would be fucking cool. Yeah. So, and that was like, I know, like, now, are you a fan of that final scene where the mom gets no, like... No, no one is. And so the, 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 the problem is, they didn't know how they wanted to end it. Raven yeah. knew, but Bob Shea wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do because what did Craven of... want to do? I don't remember. There are okay. you. If you look on YouTube, you can see the final. I think the car just drives off and that's it. Okay, and you had the, the girls doing the nursery rhyme. Yeah, yeah. That's where I would have left it. I wouldn't have had the mom suck through yeah, the freaking because it was so hopeless. Because they're already they're back in trouble, so you can yeah. branch off a sequel from anything. Right, right, yeah. But having that mom come through that fucking window is just ridiculous. And then this is basically the start of the freddy franchise um because it was new egg pictures and new line which was nothing infancy yeah Yeah. he was selling movies out of his trunk yeah and this is the only guy that took a chance with wes craven's idea Mm -hmm. and it built new line cinema into a, a what was a powerhouse for many years and it's not new line's not in that's not still around, is it? No, they're owned by AOL, and then AOL sold it to some. It's 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 a piece of someone now, but I don't remember okay. who. Gotcha. Now is Bob Shea still active, or is he re- like retired? I think he's retired. I haven't heard a lot out of Bob Shea. Okay, I mean we hear a lot of Lynn Shea. Yeah, yeah. she went on the the. I mean, it took her a while, but the Insidious franchise really brought her to the forefront. Yeah, and she was yeah. in a couple more too. She was in um. She was in Freddy's Dead. Who was she playing Freddy's Dead? Freddy's Dead. She was... No, 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 no. She was a nurse, so I think it was either five or four. Maybe four. No, 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 no. New Nightmare. She was in New Nightmare. New Nightmare. She was in the hospital. New Nightmare was the one where it was all in reality, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. When the boy was in the hospital, she was in the hospital. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we we got the cast here, well casted. Um, yeah, I I didn't hate any. They were all relatable. Yeah, you know, in 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 like that time frame, I felt like the the cast was relatable more than they are today. Yes, um, they did look like teenagers, not like Black Friday <laughs> having a forty year old playing a teenager. Um, I you know like. Yeah, you liked them. Um, I don't know. I really didn't care for the Rod character. I guess he was just a dick. Oh, he was. 
heavy in heroin that whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy in um, heroin. I just wish there was more John Saxon in it, though. Me too. Everybody does. Yeah. John Saxon's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we have Heather Lang in camp as Nancy Thompson. Mm-hmm. Her first, was it her? I believe it was her first role. Mm-hmm. Or she was in the TV show first and then did this. Just the 10 of us. Oh, no, that was after. Okay. That was after. Just 10 of yeah. us was after. Yeah. Because that was a spinoff of Growing Pains. Okay. Yeah. John Saxon as Lieutenant Donald Thompson. The infamous Robert England as Fred Freddy Krueger. Johnny Depp as Glenn Lance. Ronnie Blakely as Marge Thompson. Amanda Weiss as Tina Gray. She's only, been doing a film, ton of cons. Yeah, she has. And the only other film I really know her from is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. She played Judge Reinhold's uh, ex-girlfriend. Yes, the one he yeah. broke up with because he's going to be a graduate. Well, he was going to break up with her, but then she ended up breaking up with him. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he got all pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> that was just on before I came in here. Was it? Oh, such a good movie. It's so funny. Yeah. She was in another horror. I just don't remember which one. And she looks good for her age. Too. She does. She yeah. She's out there killing it on the convention scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Corey is Rod Lane. Leslie Hoffman as the hard as the hall guard. Um, Lynn Shea as the teacher. Mimi Craven as the nurse. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, very cool. And out of all of them, well, uh, obviously Heather Langkamp and John Saxon will reprise her roles at the second sequel, Part Three, and. Yep. Uh, I liked part three, like, you know, I wonder, I always wondered, like, they never really said why the dad was a security guard for a junkyard. Or no, he wasn't for a junkyard, but he's just a security guard. Yeah, they never went into that. I wish they just put a little bit more into that. Yeah. Maybe it was, he probably went to the bottle after every, all this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Um, What else we got? We're going into development. Okay. Very interesting stuff here. <coughs> Excuse me, choking. Let me drink some coffee real quick. A Nightmare on Elm Street contains many biographical elements from director Wes Craven's childhood. The film was inspired by several newspaper articles printed in the Los Angeles Times in the 1970s about the the Hmong refugees who, after fleeing to the United States because of war and genocide in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam, suffered disturbing nightmares and refused to sleep. Some of the men died in their sleep soon after. Medical authorities called the phenomenon Asian Death Syndrome. That's racist. The it con- is. <laughs> the condition <laughs> afflicted men between the ages of 19 and 57 and was believed to be Sudden Unexplained Death Syndrome or Brugada Syndrome. Craven stated that it was a series of articles in the L.A. Times, three small articles about men from Southeast Asia who were from immigrant families and had died in the middle of nightmares, and the paper never correlated them. Never said, hey, we've had another story like this. The 1970s pop song Dreamweaver by Gary Wright sealed the story for Craven, giving him not only an artistic setting to jump off from, but the synthesizer riff for the movie soundtrack. Craven has also stated that he drew some inspiration for the film from Eastern religions. Hmm. 
Other sources attribute the inspiration for the film to be a 1968 student film project made by Craven students at Clarkson University. The student film parried contemporary horror movies and was filmed along Elm Street in Pottstown, New York. Hmm. Never heard that part. No. The film's villain, Freddy Krueger, is drawn from Craven's early life. One night, a young Craven saw an elderly man walking on the side path outside the window of his home. The man stopped to glance at a startled Craven and walked off. This served as the inspiration for Kruger. Initially, Fred Kruger was intended to be a child molester, but Craven eventually characterized him as a child murderer to avoid being accused of exploiting a spate of highly publicized child molest- molestation cases that occurred in California around the time of production of the film. On Freddy's nature, Craven states that, in a sense, Freddy stands for the worst of parenthood and adulthood. The dirty old man, the nasty father, and the adult who wants children to die rather than help him prosper. He's the boogeyman and the worst fear of children. The adult that's out to get them, he's a very primal figure, sort of like Kronos devouring his children. The evil, twisted, perverted father figure that wants to destroy and is able to get them at their most vulnerable moment which is when they're asleep. By Craven's account, his own adolescent experiences led him to the name Freddy Krueger. He had been bullied at school by a child named Fred Krueger. Way to get back at that guy, Wes. <laughs> Craven had done I'm, so, I'm surprised that guy didn't like try to go after him for money. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Craven had done the same thing in his last film, The Last House on the Left, where the villain's name was shortened to Krug. And if you watch Last House on the left, when he, they're chasing the parents through the house, he's walking like Freddy. Oh, nice. Craven chose to make Freddy Krueger's sweater red and green after reading an article in a 1982 Scientific American that said these two colors were the most clashing colors to the human retina. Hmm. And you know, like, the one thing I didn't pick up until years later they changed the pattern of the sweater because wasn't the original, the stripes went across to the arms, right? And then in the later ones, it was a solid red on the arms. No, I'm pretty sure they all had stripes. Are you sure? No, no, I'm not. Did I just uh, wow you with some knowledge? No, everything I have has stripes on the arms. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Yeah, we're gonna movies. have to watch those. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take a peek. Craven strove to make Kruger different from other horror film villains of the era. A lot of the killers were wearing masks: Leatherface, Michael Myers, Jason. He recalled in 2014, "I wanted my villain to have a mask, but be able to talk and taunt and threaten." So I thought of him being burned or scarred. He also felt the killer should use something other than a knife because it was so common and everybody was using everything around the house. So I thought, how about a glove with steak knives? I gave the idea to our special effects guy, Jim Doyle. Ultimately, two models of the glove were built. The hero glove that was only used whenever anything needed to be cut, and the stunt glove that was less likely to cause injury. For a time, Craven had considered a sickle as the weapon of choice for the killer, but around the third or fourth draft of the script, the iconic glove had become the final choice. Thank God it wasn't a sickle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alright, we'll do a little bit of the writing. Wes Craven began writing the screenplay for A Nightmare on Elm Street around 1981. 
After he had finished production on Swamp Thing, he pitched it to several studios, but each one of them rejected it for different reasons. The first studio to show interest was Walt Disney Productions. (laughs) (laughs) He was the one of a Disney princess. (laughs) Although they wanted Craven to tone down the content to make it suitable for children and preteens, Craven declined. Another studio Craven pitched to was Paramount Pictures, which passed on the project due to its similarity to Dreamscape 1984. Universal you know how if Paramount picked up on it, we could have gotten a Freddy vs. Jason much sooner? When it was... <laughs> like... Could you think? Like, one behind two of the biggest franchises ever? Yeah. Like, But obviously... And they were already having success at this time because you're making Friday four. Yeah, and but you know they didn't realize at the time, like when they didn't realize that Friday Thirteenth was going to be such a big hit. Yeah. Well, lesson learned. (laughs) I mean, they've done good with horror there. Yeah. All right, Universal Studios also passed. Craven, who was in desperate personal and financial straits during this period later framed the company's rejection letter on the wall of his office, which reads in its December 14th, 1982 print, we have reviewed the script you have submitted, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Unfortunately, the script did not receive an enthusiastic enough response for us to move forward at this time. However, when you have a finished print, please get in touch and we'd be delighted to screen it for a possible negative pickup. Wow. (laughs) They told you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Finally, the fledging and independent New Line Cinema Corporation, which had up to that point only distributed Mm. films, agreed to produce the film. During filming, New Line's distribution deal for the film fell through, and for two weeks it was unable to pay its cast and crew. Although New Line has gone on to make bigger and more profitable films, A Nightmare on Elm Street was its first commercial success, and the studio is and will always be named The House That Freddy Built. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, what people, a lot of people don't know is actor David Warner was originally cast to play Freddy. Hmm. What was he in? Does it say what he was in prior? I believe, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to be wrong. But I'm pretty sure I know who he is. Okay, I pulled him up too, and if it's the same, oh, I know. Okay, he's, he's the that... doctor from Turtles too. Yes, that's David was, Warner. Um, okay, because he was also like the bodyguard in Titanic. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay, I re- I remember him most from Secret of the Use. Okay, yeah, he's got he's got a very familiar face, and uh, he recently passed away. Uh, yeah, July. Uh, 24 of 2022 but how was he going to pull off that accent and be scary like freddy i mean it's just... well you know actors do you know yeah. actors do an american accent um he's got he's definitely he's definitely a villain um but again he's not robert england nope i would love to see robert england's test screen me too yeah he did he made himself look scary by dipping his hands in um 
Luke Skywalker's ashtray in his car and blacked out his eyes. Okay. To make him look even. That's right, because they were like roommates or something, right? Yeah. Because I think Robert went to, took Luke or Mark Hamill to the Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Um, And up until this point, Robert really didn't do a lot. I think he did V before that. He was still high on V, so he was still known around the place. I mean, he was Willie. You know, total yeah. opposite character. Oh, completely opposite. <laughs> Actor David Warner was originally cast to play Freddy. Makeup tests were done, but he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Replacing him was difficult at first. Kane Hodder, who would later best be known for playing fellow slasher icon Jason Voorhees, was among those who Wes Craven talked with about the role of Freddy. I can't According to Hodder, <laughs> I had a meeting with Wes Craven about playing a character he was developing called Freddy Krueger. At the time, Wes wasn't sure what kind of person he wanted for the role of Freddy, so I had as good a shot as anyone else. He was initially thinking of a big guy for the part, and he was also thinking of someone who had real burn scars. But obviously, he charged his whole line of think- changed his whole line of thinking and went with Robert England, who's smaller. I would have loved to play the part, but I do think Wes made the right choice, Hodder would eventually... Here's Say. my impression of Kane Hodder doing Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking works as Jason though. Oh man. I yeah, I could never see someone that size playing Freddy Krueger. Like they they nailed it with uh Robert England, you know, physical, theatrical, um Robert England is Freddy, will always be Freddy. And oh, yeah. I just wish we got one more out of him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I couldn't find an actor to play Freddy Krueger with the sense of ferocity I was seeking, Craven recalled on the film's 30th anniversary. Everyone was too quiet, too compassionate towards children. Then Robert England auditioned. He wasn't as tall as I'd hoped, but he had a he had baby fat on his face. But he impressed me with the willingness to go to dark places in his mind. Robert understood Freddy. And he still does. He that's mm-hmm. his biggest Yeah. When we have him on the show, we'll talk about him. Do you have his autobiography? I don't. Hmm. England has stated that Craven was indeed in search of a big giant man originally. The casting director, Annette Benson, had talked Craven into seeing him about the role after England had auditioned for National Lampoon's Crass Reunion in 1982. Before England's agent at the time, Joe Rice, sent him to the casting office, Rice's friend, Rhett Topham, recommended England act rat-like and weasel-like. Adding that when we read about abusers and molesters in the paper, they're not big hulking men, but little shit weasels. I thought he should go in and play it like that, and it worked. England had darkened his lower eyelids with cigarette ash on his way to his audition and slicked his hair back. I looked strange. I sat there, listened to Wes talk. He was tall and preppy and erudite. I posed a bit like Claus Kalinske. And that was the audition. He said later he took the part because he was... The only project to fit in the schedule during the hiatus between the V miniseries and series. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else we got here. Is this the fun facts yet? Because I have a couple of them. No, that's just yeah. okay. So let's okay. So let's say they were to remake uh Freddy Krueger. Would you want 
them to do like what they did with Rob Zombie's Halloween and the first half is a backstory on how Freddy became Freddy? Yes. Yeah, I think that would work really well. And then not as flashbacks. I want it as like like a whole yeah. half an hour part, you know. Yeah. And then go into, you know, your own story if whether you want to bring back the Nancy character and all that. But I think that would be really cool. Don't do a prequel, but just do the first half is him being the child murderer and then up until like do a quick court scene or whatever and then the parents doing the vigilante thing right yeah no, i like that idea that's a cool idea i right, think look me either, up hollywood yeah i think we <laughs> either gotta go a complete no name like star wars has had great success with that yeah um aura has too like or someone they could play multiple characters like now this will be this will be typecasting and we talked about this before i think we said like evan peters would be good yes as freddie what about the guy that played vecna in stranger things i don't hate that yeah i because he can go dark um mm-hmm. i like and that his vecna voice is real yeah it's not like uh and it's very and it's very close to someone we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, did you want more of Robert England in Stranger Things? Of course. I want yeah. Robert Eng I do you know how many shitty movies I've watched just because Robert England was in it for I 10 love minutes? Him in 2001 Maniacs. So. Yeah, he was funny in that. <laughs> but I mean, one of my favorite haunted attraction movies is Funhouse Massacre. And okay. I only watched it because Freddie's in it for three minutes. Right now, you know, he I haven't watched it from start to finish, but he was in Phantom of the Opera, came out like in the late 80s. Yes, you ever seen that one? yes, yeah. yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I'm not a huge musical fan, <laughs> I just can't, you know, picture him as because you know, the Phantom specific is suave guy, handsome, and you have Robert England. <laughs> yeah, definitely could play the monster part of the Phantom, but not the you know, ladies' man Phantom. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's, I think they just left us wanting more. I mean, yeah. I think they thought they oversaturated, but you really fucking didn't. Yeah. Um, there's you're dealing with nightmares. You could have went anywhere. Yeah. I mean, we're about to have more Saul's than we did fucking Freddy. And that's oversaturated. There was one every like six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, who's to say if we are going to get another Freddy, I know at one point the West Craven estate had put out like an open, call for they do it once in a while for scripts but they have to like the material which i kind of like it's not like anyone can make some piece of shit move like Candyman. oh i'm sorry was that out loud (laughs) that movie really pissed me off it was okay it was okay okay. it was a good i don't need movies to make message make a fucking youtube video if you want to get a message across leave the shit or you know make make a rom-com make well make whatever make a realistic movie that's fine i don't care get it the fuck out of horror don't make a movie saying it's a uf movie and then it turns out to be a killer kite yeah a fucking killer (laughs) kite what the fuck man I was so pissed because uh, I love him. She was okay. They, The three of them were funny. Then they brought in the other dude who was funny. And then mm-hmm. this is the problem? Yeah. I'm done. Like, yeah. fuck you. Like I said, I'd rather have a movie about Gordy 
Than a fucking kite. Yeah. <laughs> For real. I'd rather fucking watch Mac and me. <laughs> uh, so a little bit with um the retrospective. The film has a 95% approval rating based on 56 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, which we don't give a fuck about. Uh, and then they go on. Intelligent premise combined with the shut up. I hate when they talk like that. The film is also considered one of the best of 1984 by filmsite.org. In 2010, the Independent Film and Television Alliance selected the film as one of the 30 most significant independent films of the past 20 year, 30 years. And it's hard to remember it was an independent film. Yeah, it ranked at number seventeen on Bravo's the hundred scariest movie moments, but I can't hmm. care what Bravo has to say. Um, in 20, 2008, Empire ranked Nightmare on Elm Street one hundred and sixty second on their list of five hundred greatest movies. I'll take that for a horror. So I have a list here of horror movies that came out in nineteen eighty four. Okay, so what do we got? We got Gremlins, good movie, Children of the Corn. Good movie. Chud. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, Firestarter. Yeah. Night of the Comet. Don't remember that. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yep. Razorback. No idea. The, the Initiation. Another Wes Craven film called Invitation to Hell. Mm-hmm. The Terminator. Oh. Monster Dog. Dreamscape. The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Toxic Avenger, Scream for Help, Death Warmed Up, The Power, and what is this one? Bloodbath at the House. So it had some good movies that came out in 84. So I would think, I think the two, the three biggest, in my opinion, would be Freddy, Gremlins, and Friday the 13th Part 4. So um it's but i know the weekend it came out and this, the one thing that's not on the list probably because it got removed from the theaters was silent night deadly night because those two <laughs> movies came out the same weekend and silent night deadly night actually was number one that weekend when nightmare on street came out ah. and you know it was pulled after six days so i always wonder if they didn't pull it, who would have been the number one horror film of that season? Really? Hmm. Then uh, we got some American film recognition. AFI's 100 Years, 100 Heroes of Villains, number 40 was Freddy Krueger. Number 40? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. What? Who cares? Academy of Science. There's one big one that I'm getting to. Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror, Best Horror Film, 1985 nomination. Um, Best DVD Classic Film Release. Uh, Special Mention for Acting, Heather Langenkamp. But the biggest one is... I think I left it at the top. In 2021, Nightmare on Elm Street was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Boom! In the big one. Nice. You know, there's only only one rapper in there, too, right? You know that? Who? Tupac. Really? Dear Mama. It's in the National Registry. 
Dear Mama, interesting. Yeah, and uh, changes, or it's either changes or Dear Mama. Well, uh, you know, funny story about changes. So that was actually a uh, he sampled the the music from Bruce Hornsby. Yeah, and my oldest friend Jim Felton was good friends with Bruce Hornsby. His mom babysat him growing up. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, we'll get to a, got a little bit of time left. A couple of fun facts here. Uh, a lot of the shit we already went over, though. All the boiler room footage in the film was shot in the basement of the Lincoln Heights Jail in Los Angeles, which was mm. given them shortly after production wrapped due to high levels of asbestos. Have you um now uh, have you ever watched the filming locations by Sean Clark? No, not yet. YouTube? All right, I'll send you um the uh, links for that. It's really good because I know he does part one. I think it's the only one he's done. I don't think he's done any other ones. Uh, or did he do part one? No, the running gag was um who was it? Glenn was that the the character's name in part two? Um, Jesse friends. Not Jesse, but the friend Glenn. Was it Glenn? No, it wasn't no, Glenn. no, no, no. Uh, what, the guy that died by Jesse. Yeah. Um, Fuck. But um, I, I, I'm not sure. I think if he's either friends with Sean or Sean is his booking agent. But when he was doing the Halloween um, filming locations, because they're literally right around the corner from each other. Yeah. The ca- the actor would be like, "Oh, you're doing the filming location." He's like, "No, no, no." <laughs> <laughs> Is he better than the other people that blocked us on Twitter after just asking one time for an interview? Oh, Sean Clark is the man. Okay. Um, he he has a great YouTube channel. Um, he is he represents a lot of great actors and actresses, and I believe he is behind. Um, horror hound the convention too oh okay yeah but yeah he's so much better and more knowledgeable and doesn't let the fame get to his head oh very good yeah and he's got he's got a sick horror collection i'm sure he does yeah uh heather langenkamp beat over 200 actresses for the role of nancy thompson among them were jennifer gray debbie moore courtney cox Tracy Gold and Claudia Wells. Tracy Gold. (laughs) (laughs) I can see Claudia Wells. Can't see Demi Moore. No. Not Jennifer Grey. No. I'm glad we got Heather Langkamp is your girl next door. Yep. And that's why it played. Yeah. Because you watch her change through the movie, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these fun facts we already covered, brother. So I don't really Mm. think we should really... Okay. Keep firing out here. Now, did you have the VHS box set? Remember, it was like the arm spread out. Like, do you remember that one? Oh, oh, oh. There you go. Did I have it? You mean, do I have it? <laughs> and are you didn't you just recently get that? Yes. Yes, and, and all sealed, of them correct? were sealed but one. Nice. What about the DVD set? You had that one too? The uh the original oh, collection. <laughs> yep, I had that one. 
and I gave it to one of the people I used to support because I got them all on Blu-ray. I hope we get a set like they did for Friday the 13th and Halloween, you know? Yeah, like new, I used new features. to have. No, this was really cool. This was here. It was like kind of like a game, but it was all the behind the scenes. Oh yes, and you had it was like a you're you had like to click a, through it. Yeah. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah. I used to have the three D glasses that came with this, but I don't <sighs> you know. You lost them. No, my sister did. Uh, I remember okay. that. <laughs> Unless they're buried in here, yeah. The boxes seen better days, but yeah, my original box, purchase. I mean, this was twenty years old. I just started working at KB Toys. I had a day off. I ran to Best Buy and I bought this. Nice. It was like my first purchase after having like a job. That's cool. <laughs> and I own it. I'm sure you do the. um the documentary. Oh, Never um, Sleep Again? I don't own yeah. it, but I've watched it a ton of times. I know. I just haven't bought it yet. Stock religious, wearing a Jason shirt, and you don't own uh, I know. Never Sleep Again. And I have the Blu-ray collection next to it, too. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray. I just hope they come out with a definitive box set like we got for Friday the 13th and Halloween. It's, it's long overdue for Freddy to get a, a, a good box set. Nah, I finally found... I hunted for the Friday the 13th box set, dude. Is the latest one? No, this one's the black box. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so cheap now, but before the newest one came out, it was like going for over 200 bucks. Yeah, because it was out of print. You couldn't yeah. find it. I got yeah. this for 50 bucks on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I was like, we were leaving. I'm like, oh, we're not leaving yet. Hold on. We got to make a pit stop. <laughs> so I cash I cash app the chick or whatever and she left mm -hmm. it on her porch and yeah I've been hunting for that for a long time because that was hard yeah. to find and it's a it good was. kit it's a yeah. very good kit yep yep yeah I got a lot of nightmare shit I still I have a frame for the print I had you pick up I just wait okay. for my uh, nice because you know I have to buy special shit to hang shit on my walls because yeah. everything falls right right yeah this was a nightmare in Elm Street man this was a lot of fun yeah, yeah, it was good. You know, it makes me want to go back and watch them. Now you're gonna make me go back. I do have to watch like four or five. So I haven't watched four it. or five in so long. Like, but like the rest, I'm good. I know scene by scene by scene. Yeah. Especially Freddy's Dead because it's kind of like my closet favorite. Because he was such a jokester in it, and it was cool graphics, and it had a little backstory. It was so campy. It was. It was. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. Yep. Ah. Fucking hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> or like when he's pushing the, the bed of spikes and he's like... Oh, the Wiley e. Coyote? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That was fun. In 1492, Freddy sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, do you want to continue Nightmare, or do you want to do a little true crime next, or do you want to break we, up we the... Could, we could uh, maybe do another Nightmare. We could do, like, part two next week and then break it up and do something else. Have okay. a little break after every two. Yeah. It'll get that way. It'll get me to watch the films. Yeah, that so, sounds good. Yeah, because um, I don't want to do all of them straight through because people will start yeah. getting bored. But yeah. I definitely want to check out that dude from England you sent me because that's creepy yeah. As shout shit. out to uh, Kevin Ellis, our second verified listener. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he um, sent a really cool true crime that neither one of us have heard, and no. uh, 
pretty creepy too. I, I, I'm pretty versed in that, and I reading through that, I thought I would have heard about it, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what? Next, well, this upcoming Friday, this is a release on a Monday. One of my favorite holidays of the year, Friday the thirteenth. The third date. I'll be at the Blairstown Diner. Get the so, Blairstown. Yeah. You should. I know you're probably working, but you gotta get your ass up there. We can interview Gary. It'd be a good episode for a podcast. He did say, "Come on down to record an episode." Yeah, well, I have so to work on that. Maybe like in October, you can come come up. You know, ah, I forgot. Never mind. Nah. Never mind. I, I'm, I, uh, owner actually reached out to us in Tennessee, and we're gonna interview him tomorrow. Oh, awesome! What's the name of his haunt? It is the. Oh, please. It's the 13th Realm in Atwood, Tennessee. There you go. Atwood, Tennessee. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to talking to him. That was pretty that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's he cool. Just, just emailed me and that's I was awesome. like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Let's just get this going. Yeah, that's, that's great when people are reaching out to you to interview and not the other way around because sometimes it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Interviews are going to be tough with me and you, <laughs> yeah. but we'll figure it out. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, there's a couple people I want to reach out to and we're follow us on social media, guys. We're trying to get the Facebook numbers up, the Instagram numbers up. We did get another subscriber though. So that was cool. Hey, so what are we up to now? 33 on YouTube. All right. 33. Hey, right. got to start somewhere. Yeah. It but, feels you know, like with um, the Halloween haunts, the first hundred were the hardest to get. It really right. was. Right. And now that's up to 456 or something like that. Good. Good. And you know, like, and you know, you're busy. So it's, and I'm busy. So we're not, we're not fully active. pushing it. So yeah. And we could be doing more, but hey, we are getting the views on YouTube, which is yep. great for not really promoting. Yeah. So that's, you know, we got four videos over 100 views, which is, hey, people are finding us. Yeah. Yep. So that's exciting. So if you're listening still after our awesome, Look into a nightmare on Elm Street, one of the most substantial horror movies of our time. Like, subscribe, and click that bell. We come out every Monday. Mm-hmm. We don't miss weeks or make up seasons or anything like that. Um, yeah. Uh, you got anything else, brother? No, that's it. Just, um, yeah, I'll be at Blairstown, New Jersey on Friday the 13th. So if any of our 33 listeners are in the tri-state area of New Jersey, I'll be there from 12 to 4. 12 to 4. 12 to 4, yeah. It probably won't be really busy because it's January, but... And it's Friday. (laughs) Yeah, but it's Friday the 13th. I do know Royce Hall, which is two streets across on Main Street. They're showing Friday the 13th. you know, 35 millimeter cut. Wow, so, cool. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I don't know how much it charged, maybe like $10, $15. But uh, there's other places, uh, I think in Phil- outside of Philly, they're playing part two. So, oh, very cool. Yeah. I yeah. like two a lot more than one. Sorry. Well, yeah. I mean, because it has Jason in it, you know. Um, I think it's but, more the cast. Like, I really oh, loved they- Amy Steele. Uh, she's like my favorite final girl in the whole series, you know, and such a great person to meet in person as well. And uh, there's a guy actually, I don't know where he lives and I've seen it in a bunch of Friday posts. He is recreating the shack. Oh, that's cool. Not like a model, like an actual 
shack. Yeah, if you drive on 322, there's one that looks like that that old garden <laughs> stop. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm yep. like, hey, look, Jason's house. There you go. All right, guys, but let's wrap that up. We're a little over what we aim for, but whatever. We were doing a nightmare on Elm Street. There's a lot yeah. of shit to cover. And we could even do a part two if we wanted to, but we will move mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Uh, we will not be covering a remake because that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> It exists in my world. I, I somewhat enjoy it. Do you own it? I do. I'm a completist. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what, though? Hmm. I fucking own it, too. Well, there you go. Because it came in the goddamn Blu-ray set. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I was tempted to just be like, Bee! <laughs> like I did I with the co- ring. You got a new coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping by. You like our moving letters. That's pretty awesome. I learned how to do that. But uh, this has been the Hardshed Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell a friend, and we will see you next Monday. Have a good week. Take care. Halloween Hunt 365 Productions.